Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cavins. All right. So I just realized before we get started that I'm wearing a very Miami color, my golf shirt today. That was not uh, that was not intended, but Miami here we are. Dolphins number one. <laughs> they're in there. They're on the ground. They're always in control. <laughs> this episode brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering part of the CLNS Media Network. Right now, new customers can bet five dollars and get two hundred dollars in bonus bets, guaranteed, as Chuck would say. Plus, all customers who bet five bucks will get one hundred dollars off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. This offer ends on September 18th. So we're inching closer and closer. You got a few more days to take advantage of that. Factor also America's number one ready to eat meal kit. Factormeals.com slash Bedard50. Use code Bedard50 to get 50% off. And our friends at Odds R, an app that combines AI and machine learning to suggest smart sports bets. Get your first 30 days off the app free. Uh, just go to oddsr.com slash Bedard to download the app and uh, they'll help you try to find those games that they think that you have an edge if you put a little money on. So check out Odds R. All right, before we get to the Patriots, Greg, just wanted to get your quick thoughts on the news today here in uh, Boston. I did my podcast earlier today and talked about this, but uh, High and Bloom, he gone. Yeah, I um, I have sort of mixed feelings about this. Um, I think it was absolutely justified. Um, he had come to reveal himself as he's, he's like a amateur scouting director, you know, really good at, at boosting up, uh, identifying draft picks, like getting, he boosted the, the level of the minor league system, um, you know, over the course of the last three or four years, um, from the bottom to, you know, probably consensus top 10. That was great. He was just completely inept as far as fielding a major league baseball team. I mean, yes, there was the uh, you know trip to the ALCS a few years ago, um, but look, they're they're headed for their third last place finish in four years as they're tied with the Yankees. Or actually, actually, I think they're ahead. They're playing a doubleheader today. But in any event, um, that just doesn't fly. And I just think that you know Heim. Um, while well-intentioned, really smart, good in a lot of ways, I don't think he was ready for the big boy job in a big boy market. Uh, I just don't think so. And you look at the record of the team after the trade do- deadline the last few years, you know, it, it just shows that, you know, I don't know whether he was willing, unwilling to p- pull the trigger or was it ownership hamstringing him? Like, I, I don't know what it was um, because that whole Red Sox thing is all so messed up at this point. Um, you know, I definitely believe that they are trying to, to operate as a mid-market team, just try to be better than everybody at it. And um, and I think at the end of the day, Heim was a scapegoat for that. And, you know, apathy has started to set in with the Red Sox fan base. I don't give two craps about the Red Sox. Haven't all year. Um, 
don't really want to cover them anymore for BSJ because they've been so useless. And I think the 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 Red Sox brass sensed that. They had to off, offer up somebody, some sort of substantive change, somebody's head on a platter to signify that they were going to do some new things. And it happened to be Heim. And I don't think he was terrible at his job. I think ownership had a lot to do with how he performed his job. But at the end of the day, the bottom line is it's just not good enough for Boston. I think ownership and Bloom are both to blame here. And I I don't get the black and white nature of how things are covered a lot of times here in Boston. I don't get it. It's not reality. Reality is gray. And I know people hate that because gray brings in minutia in context and blah, blah, blah. But honestly, that's that's how I look at this. John Henry, you start at the tippity top. There's no doubt he has been a disengaged owner. There's no doubt that he has handcuffed his GM the last couple of years. Those are facts. So John Henry deserves a lot of the blame, a lot of it. But Bloom is not blameless. You know, uh, his best attribute maybe is drafting. And I say maybe because, look, Baseball America has them as the fifth best farm system in the big in, in the league. And you look at Fangraphs. Fangraphs has them as the third best farm system in the league. Meanwhile, ESPN has them ranked somewhere between 14 and 16. And MLB Pipeline has them ranked, I believe, 16th. So to me, it's kind of a flip of the coin. They, they might be a top five farm system, or they might be a middle of the pack farm system. And I don't think any of us know, because when you talk about prospects, None of them are a guarantee. How much did we hear about Yohan Mankata going back years ago? Everybody mm-hmm. was talking about that dude was a can't-miss star. You, you have no idea. You go back to the trading deadlines of the last, I don't know, decade, two decades. The prospects that are traded at the deadline, those guys that end up becoming all-stars, few and far between. So I just, uh, we don't know. His best attribute is an unknown right now. And you can't sit around and wait for three or four years for these guys to develop and be like, hey, we'll just continue to be 500 for the next four years. But if he did hit on those draft picks, we're going to be good in 2027. Awesome. You can't do that. So when you look at the rest of his track record, what did he do at a high level? He did nothing at a high level. Free agency, I'd argue he had more misses than hits. When you look at trades, he didn't do great with trades. His best trade was probably Kyle Schwarber back in 21 at the deadline. But it's not like he crushed it in trades. It's not like he crushed it in free agency. And the trading deadline the last two years was a disaster, both of them. Last year, he didn't want to pick a path. And he screwed up the whole luxury tax thing, which was the point. The whole point was to try to, to, try to manage the luxury tax number so they could get more compensation if Xander left and all these other things. And he screwed that up as the top guy. So I just don't think he did enough well enough to keep the job. And one more thing I'd say, like it, it, oh, and by the way, you can't screw up the bets deal as much as he did. You can't screw up the Bogarts negotiation and then pivot to Trevor Story, who hasn't been anywhere nearly as good as Xander has been. And a lot of people want to use Henry as the crutch or the excuse. And I, I agree that Bloom got fired today because they had to fire somebody when you're, when you're trying to get rid of $1 tickets against the Yankees uh, at Fenway in September, that's a bad sign. But I, I also don't think it's an excuse. I think both things are true. You can say John Henry handcuffed his GM 
or president of baseball operations more now than he had done in years past. There's no doubt prior GMs and, and prior decision makers with the Red Sox had more leeway. There's no doubt about that. But that doesn't excuse going out there and signing Corey Kluber. That doesn't excuse messing up Betts and Xander and, and what happened with those two guys. It doesn't excuse the inactivity at the last two trade deadlines. I understand you want to keep your top prospects. Doesn't mean you have to keep all of them. To be inactive like he has been the last two years, I just think you know there's a way to be successful at his job, even with some of those handcuffs being placed on him. We're not talking about the Pirates. They're 13th in payroll. They have some money, and they have prospects to trade. It's just he did not utilize what he has at his hands and fingertips well enough. That's how I feel. All right, uh, let, let's get to some football now. Let's start with the injury report, Greg, because uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not an expert, but it, it doesn't feel so good. This, this feels kind <laughs> of no bueno to me. Uh, Trent Brown didn't practice and City So didn't practice. They both have concussions. I would say it's very unlikely they play this weekend. Yep. And then limited, Owenu, Strange. I'm probably going to miss a couple, but Owenu, Strange, David Andrews with a hammy. Uh, Kayshawn Booty with a hammy. Devontae Parker with his knee is still limited. And then we had another addition today, which is a big addition, and that's Jonathan Jones, Greg. Yep. Uh, so I went out to practice today to um, – I just like to get eyes on these guys and see how they're moving around and things like that. Um, it <laughs> It's kind of comical, the length that the Patriots have gone to limit – our view of this team the past couple weeks. I mean, we all know how paranoid the Patriots are. Like we never get like a wide view, but like yeah. really now they're like, it's, it's like a pinhole like that they're giving <laughs> us. Like today I went out there, drive all the way to Foxborough and I don't drive that far. It's like, I don't know, 25 minutes, but you get there, you walk out there, I get to the top of the hill and you're, we're literally out there for five or six minutes. Like, and it was just, they're just doing a little bit of stretching. And as soon as they go to do anything team stuff, they're like, all right, that's it. It's over. And which is, you know, somewhat normal, but normally you get like the whole stretching period or maybe, you know, even, you know, some walkthroughs if they're feeling generous or feeling really good about their team. But man, it's like a pinhole right now. So what I was able to decipher out of that, um, yeah, I, I, Trent Brown and City Cell are not going to play. Not on a concussion. I would be floored, okay? Uh, David Andrews was out there. He'll play. Uh, Kayshawn Booty, maybe. I, I don't know. Does anybody care whether he plays? I don't care. <laughs> you know, maybe later on in the season. <laughs> you know, two two feet booty. Um you know, I, I, I don't really care at this point. I mean, if they bring up Jalen Rager or, or you know, what happens, if it means more time for Demario Douglas, then I'm all for it. Um, we'll get to a Wenu. Uh, I mean, excuse me. We'll get to Jonathan Jones, Michael Wenu and Cole Strange. I would say that it's looking like I think they're going to play this Ooh, week. That'd That's be just nice. my guess, my gut feeling. Yeah, it would be nice. Um, Devontae Parker did not look good. He, he does not look good. So I, I I would be surprised if he played. Uh, Jonathan Jones, from what I understand, and Mike Giardi reported this at, at BSJ earlier, and he's got a good rundown of this, and I agree with a lot of what Mike said about, you know, what it could mean for Sunday. I That Jonathan Jones was more of a vet sort of day type of rest thing, that, it, that it's not a, a development or anything like that. 
maybe the hamstring's a little tight. You got to remember, he hasn't been, he hasn't done much in a long time. So he played the full allotment just about the other night. You know, he was out there for the the meaningful Wednesday practice and then maybe, you know, dial it back. Hey, take it easy. You know, I'm good with that. Um, so I guess the the big question about the injury report is, all right, what's going to happen with the offensive line? Because I do think Jonathan Jones is going to be out there. So I'm going to pretty much ignore that uh, for now. So what I I think that at left tackle, from what I hear, it could be Vidarian Lowe at left tackle. Now, you know, really? basically the options, yeah, the, the options are you move a Wenu to right tackle. I don't think that's very wise. You know, he's coming back from an ankle injury. That's even more stress on a guy on the edge. And that's also, you got to remember, Jalen Phillips, Miami's great young pass rusher, is on that side of the right tackle. So, and, and Bradley Chubb is on the left side. I'm a lot more worried about Jalen Phillips in this game than I am Bradley Chubb, uh, who I think is a chub um, or, or chump or whatever. Uh, so I'm more worried about right tackle. So, you know, Calvin Anderson did okay. It wasn't great the other day, but for the first time out, he hasn't played a lot. I feel okay there. His film is, is you know, that I looked at from Denver, even though he played a lot of left tackle, he can do that too. Um you know, I feel okay with Calvin Anderson on the right side. I feel better about having Calvin Anderson on the right side against Phillips than I do anybody else at left tackle. Or, I don't want Vidarian Lowe or Tyrone Wheatley against Jalen Phillips. I want Vidarian Lowe or whoever else against Bradley Chubb. The The Patriots can handle Bradley Chubb one-on-one with help. It's not a big deal unless he suddenly gets a rocket up his butt for the first time as a Dolphin, um, which would surprise me. So uh, I do think the guards are going to be back. We might see a little bit of a rotation. Antonio Maffi might get some time. Uh, City So won't be out there, so it might be Jake Andrews or James Ferentz or Cody Rusey, like one of these. They're smart. They're tough. Whatever. They'll figure it out. But I think that's the way they're going to go on the offensive line, and I, I, I don't necessarily hate it. I'm not panicking about it this week. I'm concerned. Uh, I'd say even very concerned about this offensive line. I hope when it was back, I hope that strange is back. I'll believe it when I see it. If those guys don't return, then man, oh man. I mean, if, if those guys are not ready to play on Sunday night, you're starting left tackle, left guard, right guard are all out. That's brutal. Your backup right guard is out. You're hoping that David Andrews, and I agree. I think he'll be out there. It's a hamstring. I think he'll play, but is he limited in any kind of way? We'll have to keep an eye on that. And right tackle is, Hey, you know, if you're going to kind of just flip a coin, I mean, Anderson would be out there unless you do play low at left tackle and keep Anderson on the right side, you could put Anderson on the left side and put low on the right side. But as you said, the matchups kind of dictate that. So it's, it's just messy. And with a messy offensive line, and there were some wild misconceptions about offensive line play on Sunday. My freaking goodness. Uh, the, the bar was so low. I think people were like, hey, you know, Mac Jones yeah. didn't die on the field Sunday. Mission accomplished. Yeah. If, you, if you look at their thing, and Greg talked a little bit about it on, on our earlier pod this week. If you look at PFF, Mafi and, and So and Anderson, I mean, they literally had three of the worst offensive line grades in all of football. So mm-hmm. it's a mess and you're going to get pressure on Mac. 
it's going to limit the run game if you're talking about the backups, especially when you talk about the interior offensive line. As we saw last week, Bill O'Brien did not call play action hardly at all because he did not want Mac Jones turning his back to the offensive line because he was concerned that, you know, when he turned back around, he'd have three dudes breathing down his, his neck. So yeah. it, it's a concern. It's a concern. Now, it'd be great if Jonathan Jones is, is healthy enough to play. It'll be great if it was a rest day because the last thing you want against this Dolphins team with Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill is to have Jonathan Jones out and don't, I mean, I don't think any of us would forget, but Jack Jones also uh, not going to be out there. So two of your top corners would then be out against this very explosive team. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. I love those little suckers. I use them all the time, <laughs> especially now that football season's coming up. Just use them all the time. It's free money, and you can make money off it. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. By the way, I did this. I, I placed a few early season, or I guess you would call seasonal NFL bets. Yeah. Um, and there it some popped futures. up right under my email. Yeah, some futures popped up right into my email. 100 bucks off YouTube. Uh, so, and, and that's where you're going to get Sunday ticket this year, not on your TV or, you know, you're going to need it through YouTube. That's the only place to get it this year. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, the official partner of NFL. Mass, 21 plus and present in Mass. First line, on, first online, real wager only, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See See terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends September 18th, 2023. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV. YouTube TV based plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. Subscription renews. Cancel anytime. All right, Greg, speaking of those uh, wide receivers, just your, your general thoughts about this Dolphins offense. Obviously, they absolutely turned it on against the Chargers last week in that win. But what'd you see? So, yes. Was it impressive? Yes, it was. Um, do I think people are going a little bit overboard about the Dolphins and their offense? Yes. Um, I have very little respect for Brandon Staley and the and the Chargers, and, and he's a defensive guy. Um, their plan, and look, did the Dolphins bring out some new stuff, motion, stuff that screwed with the Chargers and they weren't prepared for it because it's week one? Yeah, there was some of that stuff. Um, but you know, at, at, at the base, you know, it was a bad plan by the chargers. The dolphins took advantage of it and you know, it was, it was ugly. And the thing was the dolphins didn't even play like a perfect game on offense. Tua was fumbling the ball all over the place. I think he, I think he had two snaps, like on the first drive or the first couple drives that he fumbled. Um, I think they lost one of them. I'm, I'm not really sure. I, cause I watched the game film. It's hard for me to tell. Yeah, no, I think he, I think they, I think he lost, he fumbled twice. I think he lost one of the two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
you know, so they were unbelievably productive. Um, you know, we know, you know, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, you know, they're unreal. They have practice Braxton Berrios now. Um, they're very, they're very, they're pretty good at, at running back most and they have a bunch of different guys. They're all sort of the same. I'll say this about the dolphins. They are freaking fast, you know, yeah. between, between their, their wide receivers, their tight ends, their running backs, they are all fast. Um, Tua does a really good job of throwing with anticipation. He gets the ball downfield. He knows what to expect from the defense. And, he, you know, he's good that way. He's not perfect. Like I said, the fumble, he underthrew a deep ball. He's he's going to give you chances to catch the ball. He is. He's just going to. And, you know, just because it looked really good against the Chargers, I'm sorry, that distorts things. Like, the the, the Chargers are terrible. They really are. And Brandon Staley is a defensive guy. He should be embarrassed with the defense that he puts on the field every year. Um, you know, so the other thing about the Dolphins that you have to understand is the offensive line. So Taron Armstead, he hasn't practiced since like the middle of August. He may be back this week, but Kendall Lamb had to play left tackle. He played well. He stinks. Um, <laughs> Isaiah Wynn Isaiah Wynn plays left guard. We all know how much he stinks. Uh, Connor Williams, the center, is okay. Hunt, the right guard, is okay. Austin Jackson, the right tackle, former first-round pick. Every year they're waiting for him to play at a good level. He still stinks. You know, so I'm not worried about the offense. And and here's the other thing about the, the, the Dolphins' offense against the Patriots' defense. Um, y- yes, they haven't beaten Tua. Um, you know, again, this is a Week 2 matchup, similar to what we talked about with the Eagles. Yes, they were very well prepared for the Eagles. I'm sure on – on top of that, they were getting ready for the Dolphins, knowing that they were playing them in week two. So I know the coaches spent the offseason having a really good plan for the Dolphins. Yeah, they're going to have to tweak some things from the film that were different and impressive by the Dolphins, but the Patriots have that ability to do that with their system. They do a lot of the things that you need to do, pre- and post-snap reads that screw up what the Dolphins want to do, or at least limits them. And two is going to throw you the ball, and they get careless with the ball. So, look, the Dolphins are impressive, but they're not some sort of wagon. They're not the wagon that people are making them out to be. And I think the Patriots defense will show people that on Sunday night. Could not agree more about this Dolphins offense. The Chargers stink on the defensive side of the ball. Let's just, Greg, I think, was he, he was kind of just, you know, broad strokes about some of the things that they did. But we'll just give you an idea of what Staley did last week. They started this game with J.C. Jackson coming off of a ruptured patellar tendon, playing across from Tyreek Hill. I want you to think about that for a second. I want you to think about playing J.C. Jackson on an island against Tyreek Hill coming off of a major injury and surgery, a guy that hadn't played much. Uh, and if you looked at this, some of this film, I mean, the communication was a mess. Guys were getting mixed up at the D, at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Simple little motions were throwing him off. They were flat-footed. They were fooled consistently. They played one-on-one against the wideouts for a lot of this game for no apparent reason. It, so we have to think about that. And the Chargers gave up big plays last year. That That's what they did last year as a defense. And they walked right into week one just giving up huge plays. It's it's crazy. 
I got you know, the question for me about Miami is, can they run? I mean, look, Raheem Mostert is a good running back, and they do have mm-hmm. a lot of team speed, like you said, Greg. But they ran for 65 yards against the Chargers last week, and 32 of those 65 yards, almost half of those rushing yards came on three runs. And if you take that run game away from Mike McDaniel and you make this offense one-dimensional, Greg mentioned the offensive line has a number of questions in Miami. And here's the thing about Tua. If you ask me my thoughts generally about Tua, Tua's Mac, Mac is Tua. Tua is a left-handed Mac. Mac is a right-handed Tua. They're yep. very, very similar. Same college program. You know, they're, they're mostly IQ, processing, know-the-game kind of quarterbacks. Neither guy has a howitzer for an arm. Tua probably slightly better than Max, but when I say slightly, I mean slightly. They're pretty much the same dude. So the one thing, though, about Tua is if you can get him to panic a little bit, he freaks out. And we've seen some of that with Mac, but we've seen Tua do that against the Patriots in the past. He'll, he'll, he'll just kind of lose himself if, if he gets panicked. If, if you knock him off of the first read or you get heat on him, he will be apt to, to, to throw it up, as Greg said. So limit the big plays. That's the biggest thing. Limit the big plays. Force Tua to dink and dunk you to death. Force him to make a lot of decisions. Get some pressure on him. And we'll see how it all goes. What if there was an app that used AI and machine learning to suggest smart sports bets? There is, and it's called Odds R. It is a mobile app you need to know what bets of the day are smart ones. Download the app, sign up for an account, and let the latest data analysis guide you through today's point spreads, money lines, and over-unders. I just did it. It's easy. If you see green, that's a smart bet. If you see yellow, you're on your own. If you see red... Don't do it. Odds are doesn't take your bet. It makes you better at it. With odds are on your mobile phone, you're a tap away from making a smart play. It's smart betting made simple. Find odds are app in the app store or on Google play. Get a two free week trial. It's just 10 bucks a month after that. But hey, listen to that. That's for the usual people, the normal people. Listeners to this podcast, the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast, you actually get a special deal. Get your first 30 days of the app free. Just go to oddsr.com slash Bedard to download the app. That's oddsr.com slash Bedard. 30 days of smarter betting free. We'd call that a winning bet. The casinos and sportsbook want you to bet. Odds are wants you to win. Go get it. All right, so that settles the Miami offense. Let's jump to the Dolphins' defense, Greg. Same question I had for you on the other side of the football, just general 30,000 feet above thoughts on what Miami does defensively. Obviously, they made a big change, which you've addressed before. Vic Fangio is the new guy in Miami. Yeah, there is, um, there's nobody who's a bigger fan than Vic Fangio, and I think eventually um, he's going to make that defense really good. Um, but after watching their film against the Chargers, that time is not anytime soon at all. They stink on defense. I mean, <laughs> like really, really bad. So what you have to understand about the Fangio defense is, first of all, you need a couple of, they put a lot of stress on the safeties. So, and they have, the Dolphins have a great one, Javon Holland. He's unbelievable. Yeah, he's great. one of the best safeties in the league. Um, he's what you, he's what Patriots fans want Kyle Duggar to be and a lot sooner. Um, the other safety, 
uh, Elliot, Deshaun Elliot from the Lions. He's terrible. He's he's just he's not good. Um, they don't, of course, they don't have Jalen Ramsey at cornerback. That means Xavier Howard, who was bad last year, is now in a number one corner spot, a cornerback spot. He is still not good. Eli Apple had to be signed. He is not good. I love the slot dude, Cater Kohu, who was an undrafted free agent last year. Love that guy. He could play on my team anytime. I love Jalen Phillips, the left end outside linebacker, unbelievably yeah. fast. But one of these guys who sort of just runs up the field, the type of guy that the Patriots deal with. But he's so good, he will make plays in this game. Um, I love Wilkins, the defensive interior guy. But you can tell... And this is sort of where I am with this defense. You could tell that uh, they're they're not all on the same page as far as running Vic Fangio's stuff. Um, I, I love Fangio. I love his system. It's going to be good. Second half of the season, the Dolphins will be much better on defense than you see right now because it takes time to be in a new system. And a lot of that has to do with offense. Fangio's is not like... Uh, who, like Wade Phillips is a guy who can go into a place and overnight their defense is better because his scheme is simple. Greg Williams, who's in Cleveland now, same way. He can go in overnight and affect change, and they're really good from week one on. But at some point, they're going to go down. Normally, the second season, they stink because they're not complicated enough. Fangio starts from a, a higher plane, so his defenses are not as good early. And here's the other thing um, about his defense. You need really, really good linebackers to operate it at a high level. And the Dolphins' linebackers right now, I couldn't believe how bad they were against the Chargers. I mean, you know, bring back Landon Roberts. Landon Roberts would be better than any of these guys. And the thing is, is like they signed David Long, who I love, with the Titans. I wanted the Patriots to sign him. Maybe now we know the reason why the Patriots weren't that interested in him. Maybe they don't think that he can figure it out mentally. Jerome Baker, 55, has always been immensely talented. Not very bright. You could tell that on film. He's not very bright. Then they have Van Ginkle, who is who in the past in their 3-4 has been an outside linebacker. Now they're trying to make him an inside linebacker. That's not working. And so I can't tell you, Nick, the amount of times you had linebackers in the wrong run fits. That's why the Chargers had so many big rushing yards. You know, and Siler, the defensive interior guy, not that great, can be pushed around 98. Raekwon Davis, he's not that great when he comes in. I love Wilkins, but he can't do it himself. So right now is when you want this Dolphins defense. I mean, they were horrible against the Chargers. I know Vic's going to get after them this week. He's going to get after their ass. They'll be better this week and after seeing some things on film. But I'm sure Bill O'Brien watching the film saying like, oh man, if I do this, this is going to screw with them. They're going to be running all over the place. They're not going to know who to cover. He is probably salivating at watching this Dolphins defense. And so I love this matchup for the, I don't care who the Patriots have on the offensive line. As long as they can figure it out and they can be upright, I think the Patriots offense is going to feast in this game. Wow. Wow. Greg is very confident in this uh, Patriots offense attacking this Fangio defense. Uh, it's funny. A lot of things you hit already were, were questions that I had or things I was going to say. I was going to ask you if they're on the same page because, again, new system, difficult system. You say they're not on the same page, clearly. Um, Max going to have to utilize his processing. They, they do mess around with a little pre-snap and post-snap disguise. A lot of that is the safety stuff they do. 
And, uh, you know, so, so Mac will have to figure out some of those things. I also think it's good that they played Philly last week because Desai is, you know, somebody who was a disciple of Fangio. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the stuff that, that Mac had to prepare for last week, very similar preparing for it this week. So he should feel a lot more comfortable at the beginning of this game than he did, you know, last Sunday. And look, I I think the Patriots need to run the ball. And as Greg Mm -hmm. said, with with this Dolphins defense, they gave up 234 rushing yards against the Chargers last week. And the Chargers aren't like, I I mean, look, Austin Eckler's a very good skilled running back, uh, but he he does a lot of damage catching the football out there in L.A. L.A. is not necessarily one of the best running teams. They're not a great running the football kind of team. And they got 234. They dropped 234 on the foreheads of the Dolphins last weekend in the run game. Mm -hmm. So. This should be a good Ramondre Stevenson, Zeke Elliott, get going kind of game. So uh, there's the look at the Dolphins defense. And Greg, obviously, uh, as of right now, this point, you know, only after one week, Greg not really feeling that Dolphins defense, but he has given you a warning about this defense getting better as the uh, season moves along. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help fuel you up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. I gotta say, one note on this, the delivery process that they do is unbelievable. First of all, I got an email saying like, be on the lookout for it, when it was delivered. You go out there, you open it up, it's this little cooler with three freezer packs inside the freezer packs hadn't even like melted like it was it it was ready to go you could tell that it was fresh these guys know what they're doing too busy to cook this fall but want to make sure you're eating well with factor skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping the prepping the cleaning too while still getting flavor and nutritional quality you need fractors never frozen fresh meals are ready to, in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy and get back to crushing your goals. I love, this was my favorite one, loaded bacon shredded chicken with sauteed spinach, green beans, and ranch sour cream. This only has 650 calories. I got the keto option to keep with my diet. There are so many options over there. Basically anything you wanna do in terms of dietary restrictions, they can do it. You gotta check it out. Head to factormeals.com slash Bedard50 and use code 50 to get 50% off. That's code Bedard50, B-E-D-A-R-D-5-0 at factormeals.com slash Bedard50 to get 50% off. Got to give it a try. That's a great deal. Give it one try and I'm telling you, you're going to be one over. Make sure you check them out at factormeals.com slash Bedard50. All right, so we've talked about the Dolphins' offense and what the Patriots might do there defensively a little bit. We've talked about the Dolphins' defense and what the Patriots should be able to do on Sunday night, which all leads us to the FanDuel line. Our friends at FanDuel, again, uh, this episode brought to you by FanDuel. And right now, FanDuel has Miami as the three-point favorite. So the Patriots are a home dog. Miami is minus three in this game. The over-under is 46 and a half. Uh, before we get into our picks, a couple things. Uh, Badad, when you look back at what he's done at the beginning of last year. So last year, Badad was uh, 15 and two straight up. 
He was 14 and three versus the spread. So now after last week, he is 16 and two and 15 and three. Yeah. I gotta uh, my back. record. I got I to find, find my record from the year before too. I got to, yeah. I got to, I got to see what, what kind of streak I'm on. I'm I'd love kind to of do on the a same thing. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't keep these. I, I, I just kind of replace the documents. I don't keep them. Usually I keep everything, but I know mm-hmm. last year I was either 15 and two or 16 and one. Yeah. We I know were very one game. Close. I, I know one game Chicago was one that got me. And I think maybe Minnesota might have gotten me. I think, I think I'm 15 and two. I think I was 16 and one straight up or 15. I don't know. One of those. I do know I had last week, right? I, by Sunday, I tweeted out 27, 20 Eagles. So pretty damn close with that call. So one and oh last week. So we're both one and oh heading into week two. Uh, again, with that said, Miami, Greg, minus three, the over under is 46 and a half. Are you going to give your pick this time, or are we going to have to wait and go to BSJ? Well, I mean, my final pick will be on BSJ. I mean, it's still only Thursday night, so I got a little bit more film to watch, but I can tell you right now, I would bet the farm on the Patriots in this game. I'm taking, wow. I'm talking, I'm talking money line, <laughs> maybe, maybe the over. I'm not so sure about that. I'm definitely betting the money line on the Patriots in this game. I think I already have. And, I would parlay it with something about total rushing yards and maybe maybe either Ramondre Stevenson over 100 yards or maybe even over 200 yards or Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott each over 100 yards. I mean, I, Nick, you know me. We've been doing this for a few years. Um, you know, I don't I don't BS around. I want to be right with my picks. Um I tell you when I have conviction, I tell you when I'm not sure I don't love this game, but this is the way I'm leaning. I love the Patriots in this game. I absolutely love them. I would be surprised if they do not win on Sunday night. I expect the, the, the narrative on Sunday night to be, look at what Bill Belichick did to stop the Dolphins offense and Tyreek Hill. Look at the off. Look at the, look at what the offense, Billy O'Brien's offense. Now they're one and one that the jets don't have Aaron Rodgers. Like, look out. We're cooking. That's what I expect. If the Patriots lose this game and are zero and two, I'm going to be very surprised. I think that this game is right up their alley. And, and look, I am counting on the Patriots that they've done a lot of homework on the Dolphins in the offseason, the, the defensive coaches. And remember what we've talked about with Billy O'Brien being back and how that frees up Bill Belichick to do his thing. And that means dive in on the defensive game plan more against good offenses, where last year he was never there. He was with the offense, and they stunk a good uh, against good offenses. And he's back helping the special teams, which was which won their uh, matchup against the Eagles last week. You know, and so – I think the Patriots and Bill Belichick are getting their groove back a little bit. Like, look, I'm not going to go crazy. I'm not looking down the line. I'm not telling you what they're going to do and how the landscape changes and how my, how I've, if I've come off seven and 10, well, it's probably eight and nine now with another Jets victory. Um, You know, I haven't drastically changed, but I'm just telling you for this week, watching the film and watching what I believe the Patriots are capable of as far as their defensive game plan, their execution on that side of the ball, and how supremely disappointing the, war, the Dolphins were on defense against the Chargers, I think, this is, I think this is an easy game for them. Now, I don't know what the score is going to be, but I'm taking the Patriots in the money line all day, all the time, and, and I expect us to be talking about that um, come Tuesday. Wow. I'm shocked. <laughs> I, I honestly can't remember 
a time where you've been so confident that the Patriots were just going to roll. I, I can't like, and look, maybe, maybe I should change that. I don't remember a game where people would not expect or anticipate the Patriots winning for you to go as hard after them here as you are like, you know, some matchups, it's like, all right, this team sucks. Patriots, you know, this should be a layup. They'll win this game. But, you know, if, if you listen to a lot of other people, they will tell you this is going to be a close game. It's going to be a tight game. Greg's thinking they're going to steamroll them if, if things are, are according to the plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am I, not I th- as I am not as confident. <laughs> Nick, I, I was just going to say, I think the good times are going to be back in Gillette Stadium on Sunday night. That's all I'm saying. Wow. Apparently so. You are you are cocksure about this game. Um, mm-hmm. Look, I, I think it comes. I think some of this comes down to health, honestly. And I'm, I'm offensive line. I know, Greg. You said like it doesn't matter who's at the offense. If if Owenu and Strange aren't back, I think that's when things can get funky. All you need is a, a mistake or two, and now a game that could be ten to fourteen points is now a, a seven point game or a three point game. If the Patriots are relatively healthy. Let's put it this way. If the Patriots mm-hmm. are as healthy as Greg thinks they're going to be, say you have a Wenu and Strange out there or one of those two guys and Jonathan Jones plays, I do, I do like the Patriots in this game by at least a touchdown. I do. I, I, you know, scores, again, when you're dealing with health, I don't know, I'll throw it out there for now. This might change. But f- to me, it feels like a 24 to 17 game, somewhere in that range. Uh, I, I think the Patriots can win by a touchdown. But if you're talking about, you know, no Owenu, no Strange, if you're talking about Jonathan Jones being limited with that ankle, if you have both, you know, Parker out and Booty out and you got Juju Smith-Schuster on like one leg, I think there could be some issues. Uh, but if they are if they are relatively healthy, I like the Patriots in this one. Uh, so I, I, would, I would pick them getting the three uh, from Miami. Over, under, uh, look, I like the over. I like the over in this game. Yeah, I, I think I think both offenses could get frisky in this one. Yeah, I mean, I know I said 24-17, but I don't know. Eh, you know what? I'll go under. Screw it. Now that I'm thinking about it. Because I do think the Patriots could keep the Dolphins between 17 and 24. So if, if you get 17, you need 30 from the Pats. Could the Pats – I mean, listening to, listening to Greg – He's got me hemming and hawing now. <laughs> Patriots could put up a 30 spot, according to Greg, apparently. Um, yep. All right. I'll get back to you on the over-under. <laughs> I think Greg broke my brain. I was like, because Greg and I are usually really close when we pick games, i.e., our records from last year. Like we're we're pretty much lock and key. Like we're 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 right there. And uh, I, I did not anticipate Greg coming in and saying, like, this is, should be an easy game for the Patriots. I, I'm looking at a touchdown game. Greg, you sound like you're looking at a couple touchdown game. Um, so that's knocked me off a little bit. I, I, I would still take the Patriots getting the three from Miami if they're relatively healthy. I, I, I don't know about the over-under right now. My Man, gut says I just, under. I just, wrecked your, I just wrecked your brain. You did. You, you just you melted my brain with that. You're um, bamboozled. But I, I'll get off the fence. I'll go. I'll go under with the Patriots winning uh, by at least a touchdown. That's what I'll do. That's that's where I'll go. All right. So Greg, shocking the world to end this episode. Of course, always brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. 
Sign up now at FanDuel.com slash Boston, and new customers can now receive $200 in free bonus bets with a $5 bet, plus all customers who bet $5 will receive $100 off the NFL Sunday ticket via YouTube and YouTube TV. And by the way, that offer ends on, uh, I almost said October, on September 18th. All right, we'll see if Greg was right on this one. We'll see if the Patriots steamroll them on Sunday night. We'll be back early next week to uh, review this game. And if Greg's wrong, we will certainly be all over him for it. But if he's <laughs> right, he will get his flowers. What will happen? Stay tuned. <laughs> 